2: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here as always and today we're joined by both Danny Raza and Tom Nightingale of course. Uh, and This is going to be a little bit of a different one. There hasn't been too many rumors unless there's the one ever present Jack Realist rumor that kind of changes its ugly head every single day. Um, so we're going to avoid kind of talking about transfer rumors because really, unless it's Jack Grealish, nothing's really being reported right now, which is kind of frustrating and annoying. So we're going to kind of go over Villa squad as a whole. So we'll go through goalkeeping defense, midfield and forwards kind of all in categories looking at what Villa need who we kind of expect to move on and we'll just kind of fly through that and you know what if we chat some absolute nonsense after that happens too because we do that after recording anyway so if you guys want to hear that it might just happen today it might be your lucky day but anyways let's move it over to Tom first. Tom how's it going?
0: Yeah not too bad thank you Uh yeah just a week removed aren't we now from uh, England's the most England of all finals, I think we can refer to that as. Um, so there is the, the disappointment there, but we've got we've got past that. And now, to be honest, and just at a point where it moved, football moves so quickly, right? You move on from one disappointment and look ahead to the next thing. Back in pre-season, enjoying seeing photos of uh, Buendia and Ashley Young in pre-season training, uh, wetting the appetite um, for a season to come that I think we're all looking ahead to with cautious optimism, I think it's fair to say.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, we didn't really do a a post England breakdown of the Euro final. Um I was not going to be in that one obviously because if you can tell by my accent and you've been around long enough I'm obviously not English. Um so I was leaving that up to these guys but they were too distraught or intoxicated or whatever a b c or d. So, you know what, we let all these guys kind of take it in for what it is, but let's get over to Sir Danny Raza next. Danny, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm decent. Um
1: as Tom says, Post-England, I've completely forgotten about the Euros. It is what it is. It's happened. Um, now you just got to, obviously, uh, watch a little bit of football over the over the Olympic period. But, um, yeah, really just excited for the season to start now. I just want us to get our our, our, our transfers wrapped up. I want to see us have a full squad. Um, these training videos are great that we're seeing, but uh, they don't do too much for me. I want to see some football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just like seeing Emmy Buendia just kind of absolutely nutmeg players. Put a few in the back of the net. Um, I kind of feel bad for these keepers and these drills that they're showing. To be honest, because every single ball is going right past them, which doesn't really fill me with the utmost confidence. But nonetheless, these are fitness drills. They're more for kind of attacking-minded players, um, and yeah, they're basically there for the goalkeepers to be left up to dry and dive everywhere to uh, save nothing, basically. But nonetheless, guys, let's uh, let's crack right into the first category in this episode. We'll start with the goalkeepers. So, of course, um, the th- I guess the two we have now, because um, I'm going to butcher his name, Akos Onadai. I don't know how to pronounce that, but nonetheless, he's from Hungary. I don't pronounce things very well. So he's gone on loan, of course, as of this week to a non-league outfit. So with that being said, we still have Emmy Martinez and Jed Steer. Uh, Kalinich also went back on loan um, as of, I think, within the last week too. Um, so it's basically down to these two guys uh, with, of course, Martinez being the starter, Jed Steer being the backup. So, Tom, I'll come to you first. I mean, I- I'd assume at this point we're probably going to add another goalkeeper, don't you think? I
0: would probably think so i mean it depends whether we uh look to step somebody up But as you said we've uh sent the hungarian kid out on loan i think i saw us linked straight in with the transfer rumors i saw us linked with uh did you see the link with wayne hennessy when hennessy left palace and i mean you know i don't particularly rate wayne hennessy but i don't even think that's really the issue here i think if we sign a goalkeeper now in my opinion we are signing them to be pretty much third choice my like my feeling on it is that Jed Steer, whenever over the last few years, has proven himself to be a more than able deputy. Um, we're obviously not like you can say with Watkins, which we'll get onto the strike department. But if there's a serious injury, then we're in trouble, right? If Martinez gets a gets an injury, then there's a bit of trouble there. But I think absolutely everybody at the club is anticipating that Martinez plays 38 games in the league this season. Steer's a more than able deputy for me to step in in the. You know the unlikely case of suspension or injury. Uh, we'll see Steer in some cup games, I think. So I mean, I could see us signing a goalkeeper, like a veteran-style goalkeeper. I guess somebody in a similar mould to Heaton, the way that United have just signed Heaton from us. Um, but I don't think there's going to be anything to get excited about there, to be honest. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, Steer, I- I'm more than happy with Steer as number two, really, because uh, I think he's, I think he's pretty capable, and also I just really like the guy. So
2: fair enough danny what are you thinking of course like i mean at this point i think it's kind of obvious i think we'll sign a goalkeeper but in your mind what do you think we're going to go after someone more young an old veteran maybe bring back an old goalkeeper um i think man city had one of our old ones knocking around not too long ago um if you know who i'm talking about so you never know we could go through one of those routes but where do you think we'll go
1: yeah most clubs do that don't they most clubs do that where they have like they have like they have like one one top goalkeeper, one sort of veteran and then one, you know, someone who can kinda of deputise. I mean we could we should really just um go to PSG because they've got like nine goalkeepers or something. Um which I'm not I'm not even lying by the way. That's not that's not an exaggeration. I think they genuinely have like nine goalkeepers. Um <laughs> so like go there. Eh? But like yeah no I think I think somebody like a Hennessy for example who as you say, you know doesn't strike you with you know massive sort of um you know pleasure but like at the same time um somebody who's just you know been there done that you can you can you can play in the premier league you can handle the occasion i think that's what you really want really someone who can come in and and you know isn't just going to flap the ball all about the place you know that's 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 literally it um as you say if martinez is fit all season he'll play all season you just need someone for the cups and um i feel like it would be unfair on jed steer not to give him the chance considering he's always been pretty underrated if you're not a villa fan you probably won't rate jed steer you probably won't know a lot about him but every time he's been called upon he has been you know on on a on a, on a good level and without him we wouldn't have got promoted
2: yeah i mean everyone just I, I think when i think of jed steer personally i just think of the west brom playoff final and the penalty shootout and i think that's going to be his moment with us always kind of capsulated in time and you have to kind of give him props to be honest he's been here for absolutely ages And he's still kicking around. He's still determined to be a part of the side. So I guess in in that kind of aspect, you have to give him a lot of props because a lot of goalkeepers could have said, you know what? Maybe I will go down to the championship. Maybe I will go down a certain level because I want to play. And fair enough to him. I'm sure he's on a decent wage too. So maybe that's part of it. You never know. Um, People want to make their kind of chatter as well, pro se. So anyways, let's get on to... The defense now we'll kind of wrap them all into one but maybe break them down kind of quickly into their areas so of course at right back we have maddie cash and freddie gilbert of course this list is massive so um it's not giving me all names on one sheet and i'm scrambling but anyways and of course at left back you have maddie target and what you would assume to be ashley young there as well but we can kind of throw them into the midfield um I guess, department as well, depending on where he'll kind of make up his uh, time in this side. Uh, center backs, of course, we have and Mings, uh, Courtney Hawes. And then from there, it just kind of goes down to our youth development players. Um, definitely short there. But Danny, I'll throw it right back at you. I mean, if we look at it, right back, center back, left back. If you're looking at all those as a whole, where are the areas you're looking at most or place as soon as possible?
1: Center back. We need another center back, don't we? Unless, unless... um it's a, it's again it's a difficult one because Conze and Mings will play all season really unless one of them gets injured. Um, but then once you've got horse coming in, then you then you look at it and go, who's who's there at centre back? Of course, Engels moved. Um, he's left Villa now. Went back to Belgium. You know, dish out the dirt, um, so to speak, on 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 how he probably wasn't he didn't feel like he he had a fair crack. Um, but. We do need a fourth-choice centre-back. We do need another option there. We need someone maybe particularly you can play on that right-hand side in Konza's role. Uh, And it's just a difficult one to sell, really, because how do you convince a player to join when you have got such a strong centre-back pairing? Um, Does he trust any of the young guys that are coming up? Does he trust any of the young centre-backs enough to to slot in? I think that's the question Dean Smith's probably going to have to ask himself. But I'd say, yeah, we need to get a centre-back in um, ASAP. I'm I'm happy at right back. I'm happy with with Gilbert and then Kane Kessler as well. Um, we all want to see him. We've all been talking about him. And then at left back, yeah, Matty Target, Ashley Young. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. I can't. Rem- I don't quite know if Ashley Young can still play in a four four two, but uh, I'd be happy with what we've got at the moment at full back
2: yeah i feel like we're just in a massive nostalgia thing with ashley young to be honest like he he could play like five seconds and i think we're just all happy to see him back to be honest and then that'll probably kind of wean off if um, our season kind of goes uh in the opposite direction of what we're all hoping for because i feel like there's a crazy amount of expectation this season which is going to drive many people nuts but nonetheless tom when you're looking at the defense like i said to uh, danny how do you feel about it what areas would you want to improve most and kind of foremost
0: i mean i'm Danny, really, like I think, if we're talking and assuming that uh, Freddie Gilbert is going to be sticking around, which I mean I've sort of lost the thread, if you will, with that. But I think it seems like he's probably going to be sticking around now at this point. Um, in which case, I think you know he's he's a more than able uh, second choice um, for Cash. I think there's a, for example, I think there's more chance of Cash, you know, picking up the odd injury or the odd suspension than there is. Of Mings or Conza missing games, um, the fullbacks tend to get you know tend to get booked. I think a little bit more than, than the centre backs based on based on last season or so. And and I think with Gilbert and with Young, you can't really ask for more. I think really in terms of having deputies at Premier League level who can step in and play the odd game here and there, which I think is all it would be. Um, but I I, I think Danny's spot really. I think we need we do need another centre back. I wasn't at all expecting. Um, Engels to play any game time even if he stuck around um, and I suppose therein is the issue uh, as Danny said, like Engels was fourth choice I think already really, like if you were going to bring somebody in, you were going to bring Hawes in especially if it was on the le- that left hand side um, so yeah, I mean do we trust Mungo Bridge or Sil Swinkles or somebody like that to step up and as, as a fourth choice because I mean they've uh, there's been a lot I'm of ribbon. talk about Dom Revan, you know, there's we have got this sort of conveyor belt of, of young kids in pretty much every position now, I have to say, which is a quite a novel situation for us to find ourselves in as a club, really, to have this conveyor belt of talent. But I think certainly if it was me and we were on a football manager, I'd be signing a fourth a fourth senior centre-back, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, of course, we're always seeing the two links back and apparently United are going to let them go out on loan and all this kind of stuff. And personally, when I look at that, First of all, looking at that link by itself, I I can't see that happening. Why would he want to be third choice or fourth choice in that kind of circumstance? Doesn't really make sense there. But looking at it from whole for me, I mean, unless Freddie Gilbert plans to go back to France and there's some kind of pipeline where someone says, you know what, I'll pay you some odd million to take him. That's the only way I see him going. Um, So I think we're set there center back. I I think at this point, you, maybe you just bring in maybe another experienced head. It doesn't have like hurt to have a little bit more leadership there. And I think with the game time, they're most likely going to get luckily enough last season, we had two very durable center backs that we didn't have to deal with too much. I mean, there's probably the one kind of incident every match with Mings where he looks like he gets absolutely clobbered. We think he's injured and he pulls through. So that's the kind of prototypical gasp we get on a week by week basis but aside from that then you look at left back i think to be honest this is probably the most comfortable i've been with this whole defensive kind of department in a long time and i think it's set up to really kind of make us a little bit more comfortable so hopefully we'll not concede as many shots but i guess we'll get on to the next department in this which is the midfield because um probably one of the most reasons why we had so many shots for the last I don't know how many odd years, at least for the last two Premier League seasons, is because of our midfield and some of that in the midfield defensive or defensive midfield department, I should actually say. But let's get on to that next. I'm not going to list everyone in the midfield because we could be here literally all day and there's so many kind of ins and outs that could kind of go on from now into really the start of the season. But I can list them right now if you want. Well, I mean, if you want to. Sure, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so Louise McGinn, Sanson, Nakamba, Ramsey, Haurahan. I think is literally all of them. I'm I missed someone out.
2: But, you would know. you would you throw the wide midfielders into that too, I guess? Like, is yes, te- te- technically, like, I guess you could almost throw Grealish in there. You could almost, I know, I know El Ghazi, Trezeguay, uh, Triora, technically wingers, but like the way we play, it seems like it kind of goes in between both. And you're really, when are you going to see Trezeguet play up top? So, so you have the central guys. <laughs> the central
1: guys are Louise McGinn, Sanson McCamber, Ramsey Haurahan. Yes. Right. And then your wide guys are Grealish, Triora, Buendia, El Ghazi.
2: Yes there that's we go uh, yeah i guess my list was a little bit more detailed they had youth players in there too so oh right bit, okay fair play bit, big up to my <laughs> list you get to look at that of course so and also you know.
1: ashley young
2: in the in the training videos
1: was like practicing his finishing i don't know if you guys noticed that but there was a lot of shooting from ashley young which makes me wonder whether we're planning to push him up anyway that's just a
2: oh, observation i just want to see a curler from here from him from like 30 yards out just on the right foot, just go in that top right corner. I just want to see it once, and then I'm I happy. You just know
1: he's going to make the same effect that Kieran Richardson did when he joined us. Uh, no, that's uh, I th- good old that's Kieran. That is.
2: Uh He gets a mention in every episode. I think he's like the whole cast favorite, to be honest. This is like the eighth <laughs> week in a row. So you know what? Long live Kieran Richardson. Hope he's doing well with whatever he's doing at this point in his life. Hopefully, it's successful. But nonetheless, Tom, I'll come back to you. I mean, uh, we could discuss any part of this midfield but I feel like there's one area we're all going to talk about now so I'll uh, I'll leave you to bring that up
0: I mean I if you're referring to what I've been on on about uh, in previous podcasts then it's defensive midfield it's what I've been talking about (laughs) a lot um it's it's an interesting one right like this the the start of this season because you gotta you've got to anticipate I think that Douglas Luiz is probably not going to be starting the first game or two of the season after his Copa America and then Brazilian Olympic uh, exploits. So I, I think I, it's interesting. I saw um, a Q&A on in the, in, in the Birmingham Mail in, in, in the last couple of days where it was suggest Ashley Priest, the club writer, suggested that um, we might be seeing a fair bit more of Nakamba, particularly at the start of this season with Louise probably getting a little bit of time off, getting some, rep, getting some rest. Um, I mean, you know, I've <laughs> shouted from the rooftops on this podcast in in recent weeks since late last season about the fact that I think we need to sign a defensive midfielder I I'm gonna backtrack slightly (laughs) on my previous uh, on my previous statements in that I think that as long as you're not asking Nakamba to play 37 38 games a season from the start I think Nakamba can do a pretty decent job in defensive midfield as that anchor if you're only really asking him not to be too critical of Maybe the limitations of his game, but if you're asking him to break the play up, play those short passes onto somebody who is better placed to carry the ball forward, whether that's a Grealish or a Brendier now this season, um, I think he's there and he can do a decent job. It just depends, right? It depends on you're not going to set up to play Norwich at home the same way you're going to set up to play, you know, Liverpool away or whatever it is, and so different game. I think we've seen from Smith last season that he. The coaching staff really acknowledges that different games call for different approaches. And I think there are going to be a fair few occasions where having Nakamba as a sitting defensive midfielder is going to be, should be good enough with the level of attacking talent from midfield that we have in front of him. Um, so, I mean, I'd still like to see us shore it up a bit. But then, you know, like we've, we've got Morgan Sanson as well, who, Jury's still out. Let's be real; like we haven't seen very much of him whatsoever. But he was clearly signed with a plan to integrate him some way. And I think there was a lot of talk at the time that he was signed for this coming season rather than for last season. It was just, I think, the timing was right, the price was right, as far as our uh, as far as our scouts and our coaching staff were, were concerned. So I mean, we de- I would think we're definitely going to see more than more of Samsung this season, and I, not you know he's not doesn't look like he's a defensive sort of anchor in a midfield, but He looks sort of in the. I would, I would put him in the neat and tidy bracket, you know. Um, So I think, you know, I think we're pretty stacked in central midfield these days. I have to say, like, if if the opportunity for a deal comes up to get a sort of purely defensive minded player in the midfield, then I would probably still take that chance personally because I prefer Louise getting forward a little bit, having a little bit more freedom rather than being shackled by defensive responsibility. But It's that thing where you don't want to be overspending, in my opinion. I know our owners are very rich, but I don't particularly want to see us chucking £40 on a defensive midfield player when actually the set of options we've got, I think, is pretty good now. Um, That's my two cents on it now. Uh, (laughs) Just a slight backtrack from me saying, we must sign a defensive midfielder, which is what I was saying for the previous two months, I think. but no i'm feeling pretty good central midfield wise in terms of you know going into the start of the season at least and then maybe it's a reassess as the season goes on
2: yeah absolutely i mean i still want to see nakamba just hit that ball into the back of the net that's the one thing i'm still living for i think um i just want to see that man score I just the smile on his face if he put that ball into the net i think would be the thing that lives on forever and that it would drive literally um Twitter nuts. I could just see that. But anyways, no, we have we have the cheap Conte, Danny, so I think we're all set there. But in all seriousness, <laughs> if you're looking at this midfield, Danny, where would you add something? Is there somewhere you'd kind of say, you know what, maybe we need to move X, Y, and Z on? How do you look at it?
1: I still don't think there's anybody who's going to challenge. Well, nobody's going to challenge Grealish, but I, I still don't know if there's anybody there who you know can concretely play in that number 10 role. Like, So it sounds like a lot, We've got Ramsey, but like in an ideal world, in an ideal world, I'd want Ramsey out on loan so he's playing every game. I'd want, sorry, can you guys hear my parrots in the back? I know it's really loud. Uh, yeah, Cole, I can't hear you, man. Uh I'd, we, <laughs> Harahan, Harahan, um, I'd, I'd ideally move on because as much as we love the nostalgia, as much as we love Connor Hourahan as Villa fans. I think he needs to be moved on. I don't think he's at the standard that that we need, and it would only hinder another younger player from coming through. Um, so what we really need is somebody in that Barkley role who's going to do better than Ross Barkley. Um, that's that's what costs you a lot of money. That's what Villa are trying to do. Ward Prowse isn't quite that Barkley role, but it gives you you know another uh, another player who's going to create chances. Um, we need chance creators in that midfield. We don't have any. We literally, I don't think have any chance creators in that in that midfield. Uh then there's Smith Rowe as well, who obviously we've got a link to massively wasn't gonna happen because of the you know, the, the transfer fee. But you know, then you look at like Chuquemeka, can he come in and do that job? I don't know. I think that's probably gonna be Villa's uh, you know. Filler's biggest push now is to sign somebody who can play in that position. And, of course, someone who can come in and do the things you probably want Grealish to do if Grealish leaves. So, um, yeah, it's a big conversation to be had there. But I definitely think there's this movement we can, you know, the movement that can be had in that midfield. I'm I'm fine defensively.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what? And you guys have kind of forgot something here. We haven't loaned in our Chelsea player yet this, this year so with that in mind. <laughs> Cole, can I like you, yes. you, I,
1: can't, I can't let this go now, right? Yes. Drinkwater and Barkley played in midfield for but for Chelsea during the week in a in a friendly. Just so you know. And people figured it out like by looking at pictures. What, why are you playing them? Just 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 leave it.
2: There's
1: No need.
2: <laughs> you sound like that leave Brittany alone.
1: <laughs> I just I'm just I'm just surprised. I wouldn't even let them play friendlies, man. Just move them on. Well, okay, maybe you want him to play friendly so that you can—I don't know. Drink water has like he- no
2: value anymore. Any- at this point, <laughs> it is like—if anything, he's negative.
1: All he did last season was get in trouble for for getting in a kerfuffle with a with a kid in a in a reserve game.
2: And before that, he was punching Jota. So, <laughs> wow, he's a, he's a violent man. That drink water. No, I shouldn't say that. But nonetheless, what, what was he called himself? A loaf of bread was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah you know, it it happens from time to time. But anyways, let's get on to um, our forward line. Of course, Um, you know what? We could go on about Jack Realish for like six hours, but we're not going to do that. If something kind of major happens, if he signs a contract, if he does leave, there's going to be a special on that. We all know every podcast in the world is going to talk about it at that point. So I'm sure everyone's going to have their fill when that comes up. But of course the big kind of forward debate now is of course you look at Ollie Watkins. Um, what's the status of Wesley? Is he going to be fit enough? Is he going to be sharp enough? How's he going to recover from that injury? Of course, we only saw him for really the few odd minutes that he played at the very end of last season. And then you look at Keenan Davis. Do you keep him around or is it about time that you kind of let him go and spread his wings on loan and show it really what he can do and kind of get a little bit more experience under his belt. So, Tom I'll come to you what would you do in this situation or you know what are you are you comfortable with what we have right now
0: I mean I'm just going to I'm just going to follow up on what I said about the midfield like Danny, Danny, touched on this about Grealish I have to say my assessment of our midfield was very much an if Grealish stays situation um, if Grealish stays then I'm pretty happy with where we're at um, obviously if he leaves it's a it's a different conversation entirely with that said I mean I think the forward line if you're a for the sake of ease, let's talk as if I'm going to talk as if Grealish is staying, because we don't have time to get into the, uh, you know, what we'd have to do if Grealish leaves. But like, if certainly if Grealish stays, I think our first choice forward line is pretty exceptional. I think now, I think if you're looking at Grealish, Brendia, Triore, and Watkins, or even if you're just looking at Grealish, Brendia. Watkins, you know, whatever sort of combination, I guess, you play. Um, I think that is an incredibly talented forward line. Um, I think Watkins, with the slight tweak to VAR now, where they're going to reassess the VAR decisions and the, the really marginal ones, I think they said going to be the striker's going to be given the benefit of the doubt from this season coming. Um, so we'll have less of that getting the protractor out and drawing the lines and, you know, everybody rolling their eyes for five minutes. Um, if you combine that with, the effect of signing Gwendier, I think I would not be surprised to see Watkins uh, are certainly around the 20 goal mark next season. I mean, you know, going going back a few years, Christian Penteke scored, what, 19 Premier League goals or whatever for us in a team that comparatively did not have, shall we say, the creative uh, assets that our current team has. So, I mean, I think looking at where we are now, Watkins... Assuming that he stays fit, again, big assumption, but assuming that he plays the, the, the level of football and the amount of football that he played last season, I think he's can he's on for a sort of twenty goal season, certainly getting close. Um then of course the big question is the backup. Um it sounds a lot from recent days like Keenan Davis is going to be going out on loan, from what I've seen certainly a lot. And it is a there's talk of a lot of championship clubs being interested. I am pro that. I, I'm pro that decision as long as the coaching staff are satisfied that Wesley is in good enough condition to play the kind of role that we would need him to play, that backup, that off the bench, that maybe for certain approaches, certain games, you throw him in there for the odd start. I think that's probably what we're looking at. My big concern with Wesley is you can never tell with his injuries. right? He was out for such an incredibly long time. And I know it's not like he was a, kind of, he was a pace merchant you know, for before the injury and so now that's been taken away and doesn't have anything left for his game. Like he, he was he was more rounded than that, um, I think I think already from what we saw of him. But you just you can never tell how these injuries are gonna affect you. Um so, you know, with that said, if Davis does go out on loan, I'm slightly uncomfortable with relying purely on Wesley from a backup point of view. I mean there's been there's talk as well, we're gonna ship out a lot of uh youngsters on loan, but there's think it's been pretty much confirmed that like Louis Barry, uh, Carney uh, and a couple of others are going to be sticking around. So I suppose that does open up maybe throwing in Louis Barry as a sort of different option. Pacier getting behind uh, Predator, you know, kind of striker, you know, as Klopp, Jürgen Klopp called him the little Jamie Vardy. But do you really want to be relying on Wesley's fitness and ability to contribute and Louis Barry being able to have impact in Premier League cameos, like I, I, I don't know. And so, if we were after another striker, I wouldn't be against it. Uh, I'm not going to spend too long on this, but I'm still anti-signing Tammy Abraham. In similar vein to what you said, call about tuan I just don't think it makes sense. Um, but if we were going to bring in, you know, another striker option, I wouldn't necessarily be against it if the price was right and the player was right. But there's so many ifs here. <laughs> that you know it's a difficult one to assess um i'm just not convinced that wesley is going to be able to have the kind of contribution that we might need him to have if watkins becomes unavailable
1: yeah i i still wonder whether we do need another striker i mean i'm i'm really happy with watkins obviously he he can he can run you know he'll run all season and he'll you know clearly a very very fit player um I'm not worried about the fact that he had a number of games where he didn't score goals. Uh, we, we know that that wasn't aided by VAR and stuff. Uh, but what I would like us to have is a plan B. Like, there was a lot of games last season where we were calling out for a striker to be able to come on and grab a goal. You know, that really was a thing. And albeit, there are clubs um, in this, you know in this league who don't have a second-choice striker who can come on and do stuff. Tottenham are a big example. Harry Kane. No one wants to be Harry Kane's number two. So they don't, you know, they don't have anybody who can come off the bench and, and do anything for them. Um, Arsenal don't really, I don't think. Uh, Chelsea have ridiculous number of strikers. United had, you know, difference in like Cavani and Rashford and uh, and, and Martial and all of that. Um, even Liverpool for a time did not have a backup striker. I mean, even now it's argu- it's arguable whether they do like it's it's a it's a tough one because if you're a good quality striker and you score goals you should be starting right you should be in a team spearheading it um but if you don't score goals then are you even worth buying are you even worth bringing in do you know what i mean it's a really really difficult one wesley we we're gonna have to make do with i imagine i imagine wesley will be on number two next season i can't i can't see I can't see us going in for another, for another striker. I mean, if it's if it's somebody, they're going to have to be satisfied. And I just don't know who's out there who, who would be satisfied to do that. Keenan Davis as well. I mean, if he goes out on loan, then I suppose, yeah, you do need to bring in a third choice. But I'm not filled with too much confidence, I don't think, you know, once we look past Watkins. Because the other thing is, when you play Wesley, you're going to have to change your entire system. I just wonder whether... We need to bring in somebody of, of of his ilk. And I don't know who's out there that, that can do that. You know, um, I think we will. Who were we linked with earlier who, who was similar to him? I mean, like, I suppose Julian Alvarez would be good, wouldn't he? But I don't even know if we're going to manage to make up the money that's needed for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, see that, like, the Alvarez thing kind of screams of, like, almost deadline day. Like, it just the way that it seems like if it's actually true, the way it's carrying on, like, it gives you flexibility on the wings and in the middle. And I I think the way that we're going now is kind of almost we need that kind of player, to be honest. And it's kind of weird saying that Wesley kind of screams of Villa past already, even though it's only been a couple seasons. But it just, like, again, I'm contradicting myself because, of course, you can put him on there and it switches up kind of your game plan and maybe that throws the other team off and et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. It just, for me, it's a big risk when, okay, yeah, maybe he is fit and healthy and he's fine. But you know what? Just the skepticism in myself, I look at it and think, you know what, if Watkins goes down, you don't really know what you're going to get from Wesley God forbid something reoccurring happens with him. Like, we're screwed. And, like, mm. you can't really base that on saying, well, if he gets injured again, because I'm Christ, you could say that about any position and it could happen. But I just think we just need an option that's either, in my opinion, you're going to bring in as a third or second to battle Wesley. And essentially, they're going to be younger, more proven, or you're going to bring someone in again, maybe that's a bit older, a bit more kind of wise and uh or streetwise i should say um and can really offer you that little bit you need from the bench or you know what maybe he's happy to sit as a third at this point of his career like i feel like we're in that transition as a club now where you look at it and think we can go completely either way we don't have to go with absolute basement bargain deals and hope they work out and if they don't then we just go for the next one we're kind of in that whole phase of planning where you look at and say, okay, maybe we're going to splash 30 million here, 10 here. Oh, that's a free. That makes sense. But I don't know. I mean, Danny, when you look at it yourself, like what are your, what are your thoughts really about Wesley kind of coming back? Because we all know what we can expect from him. We've seen a large sample size, but do you think with a midfield with Grealish, Buendia, McGinn, Sanson, whoever's in there and then of course if we have someone else coming in that kind of fits in the middle do you think we can get more out of them than we did in the past? Wesley? Yes. I mean Ashley Young (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whipping him into him. remind you of Sean Carew. No, I don't know. I I I I would like to think so. Yeah. I'd like to think so, but he needs a full preseason because he hasn't really played under the system. You mean he we 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 played completely to Ollie Watkins' strength last season. We played, I'd say, almost around him. Um yeah, I suppose, you know, with with Wesley being able to lay it off to El and Triore and Grealish. Um, I say, Grealish. Buen sorry as well. You know, if, if 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 he's if he's laying it off them, I can imagine, I can imagine things going well. Yeah, uh, I can see that working. I don't think our strikers are always our focal point. We play around them, but I don't think they're our focal point. I think we concentrate on getting goals from from different positions. You know, from the right hand side, from the left hand side. Um, you know, we do this sort of overload with the full-backs uh, a lot of the time. I also wonder as well, just to kind of throw this into the mix, whether. We're satisfied with having Wesley as that other option. And then Louis Barry and Brad Young coming through. I know that they're going to be talked about for for preseason uh, training and, and and some of the games. I think the talk I think Ashley Priest, for example, I think he reported that, that um youth team players might well be stepping up for the Warsaw game. And again, looking at some of the training footage, I'm pretty sure Brad Young was around. Now he's impressed anyway, whenever I've seen him play. Oh and he's very similar to to Ollie Watkins, in that he can sort of hug that left-hand side as well. I feel like we have got some talent in in the youth academy that can step up. But but the only way, and I maintain this, the only way to let these players through, really, is to be brave and set up a season where they're in there as a number. So fans might well be turning around at the start of the season and going, hang on a second, we have not replaced so-and-so. We do not have a backup striker. We do not have a backup right back. You know, in Kane Kessler's in Kane Kessler's case, but we have to be brave. If these if these kids are as good uh, as good as we say they are, and they're ready to step up, we have just got to let them step up because you don't want them getting to twenty two, twenty three, and um, and not getting in the team. So, as far as Wesley's concerned, I'd like for that for his competition to be some of those young players, um, and I'd like for Wesley to just be that guy who is the only guy in on the team that can do what he does in terms of the layoffs and in terms of uh, being the big guy in the box.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think the one thing quickly before I get over uh, to Tom and kind of what we're talking about, I think the thing that Danny brought up there very well was, well, of course, the academy. But when, when I've always looked at Villa as a club, you kind of, especially with the fan base, you always think of the first team and then the academy. And I feel like it's always been separated by like a crazy amount. And it's always just kind of been like, oh, maybe you'll have a Jack Reelish or that one exception that kind of makes the jump up. You maybe see them once in a while and then they're playing for, say, Swindon in two years or wherever, or Tranmere. And it just it just never happens for them. I feel like now with Christ, I mean, how many um, youth team players have we re-signed or signed for uh, decent youth fees? Um, we're going in a different way where, OK, you could spend, say, 20 million on one player. Or you can maybe spend, I don't know, we'll say 10 million on 10 youth team products or something like that, maybe a little bit less. I don't really know what the value of youth team players are and what they're getting compensated for, because I know there's a bunch of rules and regulations around that. But I, I think we're at that time now where you can look at a Brad Young or whoever, a Louis Berry and say, you know what, I can chuck you in for five games this year off the bench to come on, or maybe you start a game due to whatever circumstance and you're more comfortable with that. And I think it's just the model that as fans, we have to be a little bit more comfortable with. We're not going to always sign a 20 million pound player to replace that. Sometimes you have to look inside within your own internal kind of department and team and say, you know what, there's someone we can have here that can make that step up without having to really spend more money. And if anything, it creates more value to sell players on in the future. Cause unfortunately we're not man city. We're not going to spend 50 million on every player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they can screw off with any of our players, but nonetheless, um, we'll, we won't get into that. And I feel like we're kind of circling around to Jack Grealish as I'm saying that, so we won't get into that. But, Tom, I, I want to bring it back to Wesley before we wrap things up, up here. And I think the one thing that a lot of people are feeling last year was Ollie Watkins literally played every game bar, the one I think he missed through suspension, I think if I'm thinking correctly. Is, is there kind of a circumstance where you look at and think we have to learn from maybe i wouldn't say overusing but you kind of have to be a little bit more kind of weary of how much you use them because you know what i I know they're professionals and i know fatigue and setup sometimes too but i think it's important to just have that one true second option but how do you feel about it
0: yeah i mean it's it's difficult isn't it it's like i I remember danny said on the previous podcast or maybe it was a you know, sort of Twitter, Twitter spaces session that we did, but that the backup center forward position is pretty much the hardest position to fill in football. And then we moved, we've, we've sort of touched upon that today as well. And I just think it is difficult, right? I think Watkins is a bit of a special case as I see him because you don't, it's a completely valid concern, I think, about overusing players. But like Watkins comes off the pitch and he looks like he could play 90 minutes again straight away. I mean, he, 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 I've rarely seen a player with that much in the tank and he just doesn't seem to tire. And the whole, our whole system of playing is based around that really based around him leading the press from the front. Um, and that's, that's, I think what we've got to continue uh, with. And I just don't know, it's bringing Wesley in. He has attributes to hold up play. It's a, that's a very good point. He is He is very good in that regard, but you, it's, you'd be foolish to suggest you wouldn't have to change the system pretty much entirely to bring Wesley in because he's just not, he doesn't have the um, ability to endlessly press from the front. You know, how, like we said before, how many goals did we score this season from forcing the defense into a mistake because of the high press. And I think to come back to what we were talking about, the Academy, um, those are the kind of roles that I, I, I think Bar- Barry and Bradley Young could fill quite nicely. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a fair bit of them really this season. Like the, In terms of the academy, you, you're right, Cole. Like in the past, we've had positions where we've had one or two star players standing out. They come in, maybe star for a couple of seasons or you know, have their bit part roles or whatever. I've never known a villa like this where, A, there's that, like we said, there's that integration between first team and academy. And it really seems like we are all one big squad just numerous teams being made up you know, from, from, from the squad, whether it's youth level or, or senior level. But also just the you know, the fact that we mentioned at the top of this podcast, um, most of the business that we've been doing so far this summer really has been bringing in youth players from all over. We signed a couple from West Brom. I think we've picked a few from lower leagues. And to me, that really strikes me as a tactic to try and ensure that the production line keeps rolling. Right, I, And I think that maybe hints at the fact that we're going to see the likes of Barry, with the likes of Young, um, Reiki in midfield, uh, Chukwu Maker, of course, Kessler. I think we will see these guys certainly on the bench a fair bit, getting little minutes here and there as game time allows. And like Danny said, it's about being bold in that strategy because I find that a lot of the time the same fans who... The same fans who complain that we're not dropping 20 million quid on signing a backup player are uh, also the same fans who complain that our youth team players who are really talented don't get a look in at senior level. And you can't really do, at some point, you have to accept that you can't really do both and you have to pick a direction, you have to pick a lane, right? And I, I would not be upset to see us pick the lane this season of blooding more youth players bringing them in because I think the academy setup we've got, the coaching, just the whole system we have in place at the club is set up for these players, these youth players to succeed at at senior level in a way that we've never been set up for before, I think. Um, Where that leaves Wesley is interesting. To me, I, I have to say, like, I get the feeling from Wesley that the way that Wesley's Villa story ends is he leaves next summer for less than we paid for him. And we don't really hear from him again. Like, I, I, I like him a lot. And I think he adds... I like him a lot as a guy. And I think he adds a certain amount as a player. But I think if we really want to be moving forward the way that we're talking about moving forward, then Wesley strikes me with the injury um, taken into account as the kind of player who might get left behind, I have to say. I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it? The proof's going to be in the pudding with Wesley because you're not going to know what kind of impact he can have or how the injury has affected him long-term until he's called upon and he's thrown in because Watkins is injured or whatever. And unfortunately, it's a bit trial by fire, isn't it? He's essentially starting again. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think we'll definitely see a fair bit of game time from Wesley this season, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it reduce as the season goes on and an emphasis gets put more on, on, on the youth, I have to say.
1: I don't know man like my 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 worry is always as as with ever with Dean Smith that he just doesn't give guys minutes like I, I i and and then basically what you then have is you have a cold player turning up about ten games into the season off the bench to have their first sort of thirty minutes of football um not first thirty minutes but you know their, their first kind of actual amount of time where they can affect the game and then you know you don't see a lot from them. For for Wesley to, to do well at Villa for him to actually have a chance of a as I say, Dean Smith's gonna need to be a bit brave this season. You know? Um there's gonna have to be games where he turns around and goes, you know what? Maybe I'll play Watkins and Wesley, or maybe I'll, you know, bring Watkins off the bench later and it's 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 a it's a hard balance to strike, especially when, you know, you, you've got you've got one guy who's so much better than the other, but we're just not going to know with Wesley unless he gets minutes. He is not going to be the type of player that's going to come off the bench with 20 minutes to go and bags one in. You know, that's just not the player that he is. Um, so I just think he's in a, almost an impossible position here. But if he can impress in a couple of cup games, it might just help him out.
2: So Danny, does the man crush with Wesley? And if you're a long-term listener, you'll know what I'm talking about. Does the man crush with Wesley end the season?
1: No, no, no. Look, it's. I, I, think, I think in that first season, in that first season up, he actually did uh, win us, you know, a fair bit of points. And I think that we became a worse team without Wesley, around, in the second half of that season, because we just didn't, we just didn't have a focal point. We didn't have a proper striker. I think we were starting to look good with him playing up front. I think he was really sort of bringing players into the game. And I, and, I, and he didn't have the benefit of of a of a Bertrand Traoré around him, you know. He didn't have the benefit of a of an Ollie Watkins playing off him. You know, we were a worse team then. Um, I don't think El Ghazi was the player that he is now. So, I think with with Wesley, as I say, look, I'm I'm happy with what what he did for us in that first season. But like, you know, I can't I can't really fault him for that injury. Like, if he leaves, he leaves, and I just hope he he, he does well elsewhere um but like we we paid 24 million for the guy so the club the club can't give up on him too easily
2: yeah like i said before we're not man city we can't just kind of or chelsea or whoever insert whatever billionaire here i mean we have very wealthy owners but i feel like that's just kind of a route you don't want to go down where you're throwing cash at whatever to see if it really sticks to the wall or not so it is what it is but anyways guys um if either of you have anything to say um say it now or if not, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that.
0: I can bring up the fact that it's all Olaf Melberg day if you want. Uh, I've been seeing that on Twitter. Nice. No, t- signed twenty years ago. We signed Olaf Melberg, one of <laughs> our great modern defenders, in, in my eyes. Yeah, uh, he's always to me. He's just that image of him, right, and the Blues game coming off in the five-one. Um, you don't have to keep that in. Just thought I'd mention that. Oh. Still love
2: Olaf. Well, there we go. After our little. Uh delay in getting things going on this podcast nonetheless it's a good way to end it so happy Olaf Melberg day may he still have a good day on this signing I mean for five million pounds you can't really argue with that signing it worked out very well I feel very old to think that was 20 years ago too by the way um, of course yeah. that's before my supporting time but nonetheless you look at that and you think That's still a lot of money for 2001, but nonetheless, guys, we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much to Danny and Tom for joining me. Of course, if you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajournal. Follow Tom on Twitter at TD Nightingale. I haven't had you on in what feels like forever, Tom, so I'm still shocked. I still remember this ever so perfectly. But anyways, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com hope everyone has a great week we should be back i would assume within the next week or so i know villa play on the 21st for their first preseason game um, of the new season so we should be back very shortly but don't forget up the villa